Welcome to OnlyFans Q&A Live, a question and answer show exclusive to OnlyFans and Miami Dolphins Discord server. Now here's your host, Alf. And we're on, and this is OnlyFans Q&A Live, the only show that you can get exclusively on OnlyFans. You don't get it anywhere else. You're listening to it on our feed, but you get this live if you're a member of OnlyFans. To become a member of OnlyFans, you go to discord.gg forward slash OnlyFans, and you can become a member for $3 a month. This show is also brought to you by Factormeals.com. Go to our dedicated page at Factormeals.com forward slash 3 yards per carry 5-0. That's the number, 3 yards per carry 5-0, and use the promo code 3 yards per carry 5-0, and you get 50% off your first order. And as always, prize picks. Go to prizepicks.com forward slash three yards. That's the number three yards. And you use the promo code three yards. You deposit $100, you get $100. That is just a one-time rollover, which means you deposit 100. They just give you the 100. You don't have to jump through any hoops to get it. It's one of the best promos in all of the internet. Take it. It's a free $100, people. Just take it. All right, big week. Christmas Eve game, Cowboys, Dolphins. Uh, essentially, nobody's practicing today, and some in the media are making a huge deal about it. But it's of no consequence. It's Wednesday. Vets, for the most part, will rest. Uh, I'm here to tell you who is very likely to play. And I guess we'll start right there before we get into some questions. Um, it seems like we already have two in the queue, which is pretty cool. And then we'll answer questions from the the chat i will say this tyreek hill will play xavier howard will play liam eikenberg uh he was he was in pieces in that last game and he made willed himself to play he's gonna play he didn't he wasn't any worse for wear after that game now for the ones that are iffy javon holland looking better am i optimistic absolutely Robert Hunt looking better. Am I optimistic? Uh, not so much. I think that's the one that might not make it onto the field on Sunday. Robert Hunt. But it's looking much more promising for the Ravens. Uh, that's a fact. So they're going to be as healthy as you probably can be for this game against the Cowboys. So that's a good thing. All right, as I bring you on, because there's really nothing to look at as far as the injury report. If we're looking at the Cowboys, the one of consequence is Zach Martin. Uh, last I heard is he might play, which is, okay, that's great. But it'll still be a Hall of Famer playing at, what, 85% against Christian Wilkins and Zach Sealer, salt and pepper, which is just so awesome from, from Hart Knox. Uh, yeah. So, as I bring you up, just identify yourself so that way the audience knows who you are. All right, and here is our first contestant on OnlyFans Q&A Live. What say you? What do you got? What's up, Alf? This is V Sniper. Um, watching the Jets game uh, last week um, and watching Lamb play right tackle. Um, I know your Butch Berry review, you thought he did pretty well. Um, I'm thinking... Is he better at right tackle than anyone we could put at left guard? Um, that's really one part of my my question. And then the second part of my question is, in the spirit of you know the O line um, 
forget the injury report, obviously, today. Would the best five be Armstead at left tackle, AJ left guard, Ike, Hunt, and then Lamb at right tackle? And do you think it could work? Hmm. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, here's the thing. You just paid Austin Jackson as a right tackle. He's really good at it. He's had a really good season at right tackle. He's a right tackle. So I don't envision moving Austin Jackson to left guard. Like, that's not a thing that's going to happen. Um, now, as far as playing Kendall Lamb at left guard, huh, he doesn't He's, think he can do it, and he doesn't want to do it. So, yeah, that was why I, I was thinking about it. I mean, I know you paid AJ, you know, to be a right tackle, but in the spirit of, you know, like I said, starting the best five, would it make sense? And and you, would it work? Like, I don't know if you could put two athletic guys like Armstead and AJ next to each other and it would work, you know? Yeah. No, I just, I, I like what Austin Jackson has done this year. You paid him. And, and by the way, that contract is a, is a dream. Um, yeah. I don't send many people to other podcasts, but I will in this case. Uh, if you check out Kyle Krabs, he did a, a show on that contract, the Austin Jackson contract. Uh, that that contract is just, it's awesome. <laughs> Dolphins could get right out of it in a year, in a year's time. There's just really no real big money attached to it. And he's being paid in line with what he's produced, which is one really, really good season this season. I don't want to mess with it. He's had a good season at right tackle. When he comes back, he is the right tackle. As far as his injury, uh, if you notice I didn't mention him at the top of the show, I don't know because an oblique injury, they tend to be a little tricky. So we shall see his injury designation tomorrow, and that will be instructive and important for for Sunday. But no, um, I would not move him. Uh, Kendall Lamb will play right tackle if AJ can't go, and if AJ can go, Kendall Lamb will be on the bench. I don't think he's going to play left guard. Um, uh, many have said uh, that he's he's not that he doesn't feel as if he can do it. Uh, he told me personally that he doesn't feel as if he can play guard. Um, he feels it's he would actually be hurting the team if he went out there to play left guard. So, you got anything else? No, that's really it, man. All right, cool. Uh, thank you for participating. Let me bring on. Uh, we got several now in the in the queue. As I bring you on, just identify yourself. Hey, off David out in San Diego. Uh, just an update on Zach Martin. It looks like Jerry said this morning it was just a quad bruise, so it's just about strength and stability or pain management at that point. Hmm. But uh, question-wise, uh, obviously with the failed experiment on JPP, do you think there's any uh, kick in the tires of Justin Houston, or is that not a good fit for us? I think that's something that they'll think about, but I know that they love Melvin Ingram, and they like him, they like Melvin Ingram the player, and they like Melvin Ingram the person and the leader. And it was interesting to see that JPP, you barely even saw him on the sideline. And this past week, you see Melvin Ingram running onto the field to congratulate people. And he looked like he was in really, really good shape. He looks slim. Looks like he's been working out. So do they need somebody like Justin Houston? No. Can you use another pass rusher like Justin Houston? Why not? You know? So, yeah. And if he keeps him from away from a contender... Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, I, I do believe that several teams in the AFC can use somebody like Justin Houston. The guy, I forgot how many sacks he had last year, but he had a good season this past year. So, yeah, I could see them kicking the tires on something like that. 
but they don't necessarily need him. And I do expect Melvin Ingram to play very, very soon, as in possibly the, even this Sunday against the Cowboys. Oh, man, they, yeah, I'm pulling for uh, Ingram, too. I uh, worked with him a lot out in San Diego, so uh, a little personal connection there, but I've always been a fan of his. So thank you, man. Appreciate all you guys do. All right, man. Thank you. And that was interesting on, on Zach Martin. Quad issue. It's just about pain management. It, it's just about pain management. You know, I I guess he'll play, but he won't be at 100%, and he's going up against two pretty damn good defensive tackles. So that's one matchup that should be in Miami's favor, even though Zach, Zach Martin is absolutely awesome. Uh, and I love their their left guard. Their left guard Smith is is really really good. He's he's a, he's a budding star. All right, as I bring you up, uh, identify yourself for the audience. Hey, Elf, it's Matt from New York. Uh, quick question, and, and it's a little bit of a gripe. And and I am a homer of homers. Uh, I wear rose tinted glasses, but I just don't understand when people get hurt and you have someone on the practice squad. Uh, why do you go out looking for other people? Uh, and why aren't those people already on your practice squad or your roster? And specifically talking about the center, right? I mean, if he's at home watching Netflix for the past four years and he was available the whole time, why didn't they have him on the practice squad over Uvalde or whatever his name is that they did have who was taking reps and scout team and, and whatnot? Um, you know, why, why do they do this? And I understand roster churning in the bottom of the roster, but when it's time to get some of these people opportunities based on injuries, they just cut them and, and go grab someone else. So what's the point of having them? Yeah, I understand. Um, I understand your, fr- your frustration as far as the, the center position, because I didn't understand that either. Uh, you developed this kid. You spent all of this time all, all year on Ulave. And then when he does get his opportunity to be on the roster as a backup, you just say, you know what? He ain't good enough. So I guess that's just a t- uh, come to Jesus moment where they, they sat down with Butch and, and Butch said, you know what? Uh, I don't think he's ready to play an NFL game. And then that's when they go out and they look for something else. Uh, at other positions, I think that they've actually stood pretty tight, especially on the edge. Um, yes, they added JPP, but if, if you notice what they were play, they were trying to replace was the size from Jalen Phillips. And then they just decided after a couple of weeks, you know what? We don't really need it. We could do without, you know, without the size of, of a Jalen Phillips. We don't have to replace his size on the edge as a run defender because we could play the run with what we have already in Van Ginkle, Cameron Good. Uh, if you notice, Cameron Good is getting some, some run as of late. And now Melvin Ingram uh, should be in there. And we know how good he was against the run last year. He was really, really good. But, yeah, it's really only at that spot, I think. At guard, they've had a real pecking order all year. And they've dug pretty deep. Uh, the only guy that hasn't gotten the call-up into actual action is Hines, uh, practice squad guard, um, that CK actually likes a lot. So, But that I, I think him and I think uh, Ryan Hayes are two guys that – those are the guys that you keep on the back burner to watch for camp next year. Those are the guys that are going to be asked to do a little bit more. Same thing for Keon Smith. But, yeah, I completely agree with you. At center, I don't know what the hell they were doing all year at, at center. They should have had a guy ready to go all year. Now they got two. They got Matt Skura and they got uh, Harrison, uh, who actually got a little game action against the Jets. So, yeah, I completely agree with you. I don't understand what they did at center. 
But everywhere yeah. else, you could kind of no, see that they have a uh, they have a real pecking order, including at, at cornerback, at safety. You could see that they have like a pecking order that they've actually stuck to. Yeah. No, my question was specifically at center. It's such an important position uh, to, to just play around with it. I mean, even getting the line calls and, and, you know, the snap cadences and everything to bring someone off the street and possibly have to start in such an important game, it seems uh, a little bit uh, uh, silly to me. Mm-hmm. But thank you. All right, man. Yeah, and, and the truth is that Liam Meikenberg had to actually play play hero in that game. Uh, you know, he's the one who actually told the coaches, no, no, you're not going to dig into – I'm not going to have you scrambling for centers. I'll play. You know, no matter if I'm falling apart physically, I will play. And he did play. All right, let me get into some of these questions that are in the chat. Again, uh, we don't have – like, look, uh, the injury report today is going to be of no consequence, really. Uh, we're paying attention tomorrow, and we're really paying attention on Friday. It's toward the end of the season. We are in late December. In late December, you don't really care about those opening injury reports. Those opening injury reports on Wednesdays, they're they're going to look awful every single week because every team is absolutely beat to shit at this time of the year. Uh, you want to see who is actually available on Thursdays and Fridays. I already gave you some good news. Tyreek Hill and Xavier Howard, they're playing. Okay, we're waiting on the rest of the guys and we're optimistic on Holland. We're not optimistic on Hunt. Uh, Deshaun Elliott, by the way, should clear concussion protocol here soon. Uh, Those are not my words. And that's not me speculating. That was Mike McDaniel kind of hinting at it today in his presser. All right. Here are some questions that I will get to. Uh, Do you expect the Dolphins to run a similar game plan as the Bills did on offense? No, different offenses. Uh, Bills did a lot of leverage stuff, which is a lot of stuff that Miami likes to do in the, in the run game. So you're going to see some of that. Uh, Cowboys play some man, and they want to play man. If they stick to some man, Miami's going to do. Miami's going to motion them into death, okay? And they're going to use motion to leverage to run leverage runs at them, and then you're going to see a lot of success on the perimeter for Miami. All right, next question, Crystal Ball. What is your best guess at the starting offensive line week one next year? Damn, we're already talking about next year. Well, look, they're not going to get out from under Toron Armstead. And Armstead has already proven when he plays, he's elite. So I think he's here next year. Next year is his last year here, I think. Okay? Uh, they've made it in a, they've made his contract a, a, in, a, in such a way that it's, it's onerous next year. You're not going to pay him to go away. And they're not going to be in a position to pay people, pay good players to go away next year. That's not something they're going to do. He will be here, okay? And I think the right tackle is already obviously going to be Austin Jackson. The right guard will be a very expensive Robert Hunt. At center, I think that I hate to be this guy, but I'm going to be this guy. I think this injury to Connor Williams, not that it was a blessing because it's never a blessing, but I think it's going to help with his price tag because I don't think he's going to be ready for camp. And I think it's going to help his price tag on a one-year deal, a prove-it deal, and he'll be back next year as the center. And at left guard, your guess is as good as mine. I think that they're going to go off the board for that again. I don't know if they'll bring back Isaiah Wynn. I think that they'll sign some lower-level free agent to play left guard. Uh, Probably another guy who's pretty versatile in, in that regard just like Isaiah Wynn so I think you're going to see the same exact offensive line minus a new shooter at left guard I think that's what you're going to see 
All right, next question. McDaniel seemed a little less positive about Holland's availability today. Has something changed, or do you still expect him to play? Uh, I, I told you that it's you know I'm optimistic on it, and I didn't feel as if he was less positive. He was talking about being cautious about it, which they will be with Javon Holland because you have to be. So do I expect him to play? Um, I'm I'm still optimistic about it. We shall see his injury designation. He has to get off of that that limited stuff. He has to have a full participation on Friday to play. That means that he's completely healthy off of it. You, We could count the weeks. Um, it's been a while already since he injured himself. So we shall see. Uh, to say that he's close is an understatement. He is close. All right, next question. Uh, Tyreek was talking about some stuff in the wide receiver room during HK this week. That's hard knocks. Is the advice he was giving what Waddle ended up doing on his big play? Not necessarily. He was talking about releases. And he was essentially talking about taking the release that you're given, not forcing the release that you might need for the route. And he was talking about timing. And he's he's completely right about that. If you're given an inside, a free inside release, you always take it. Even if you're running, you're running a deep out. It might seem like, oh, man, this is counter counterintuitive. Like, I don't have room to run this route. Yes, you do. If you get the free release, you could cross the guy's face. And that's even better as far as a route runner. So what he was talking about was just taking the release given to you and not forcing releases, which is pretty smart stuff. Then again, he's Tyreek Hill. He can do that. And to be fair, on this team, the only two people that I've seen do that consistently and win is Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Uh, most wide receivers have to have the perfect release for the perfect route. If not, it just won't. The timing just will not be there. All right, next question. Fast forward to the Super Bowl. Jesus Christ. How does Miami defend what San Francisco does? We're doing a Miami-San Francisco po uh, pregame show already. Cool. And how does Miami attack San Francisco given San, Francisco, San Francisco's success last year versus Miami? I don't think the 49ers were all that successful against Miami last year. I thought Tua played poorly, and I thought they were wide-open people all day. If they replay that game, Miami wins. Okay? And if that's the, the 49ers team that they'll face in a Super Bowl, then Miami has Super Bowl number three. Okay? So, um, I don't think it's – why would I entertain a question like that? Okay. <laughs> okay. How do you attack them? The same way you did last year, this time you execute. That's the, that's the question. Uh, next question. Waving JPP, who did that make room to bring in? And any guesses on, on who the last IR designation slot will be used to bring back? Uh, Isaiah Wynn, question mark. Well, no, Isaiah Wynn, I think, will be gone for the year. I think the last guy that they bring back is going to be Jerome Baker. He'll be ready. He's already working. So he's expected back. I think he plays against the Bills the last game of the season, regardless, just to get him a little run, you know. So I think he'll play, and I think that's the guy who's coming back. And who's replacing JPP? Melvin Ingram. And I think it could be as soon as this Sunday. I think he could be in uniform. So... There you have it. Uh, what is one additional dynamic you would add to our offense to make it even more effective in 2024? A tight end with speed. It's extremely important. Okay. And uh, I'll go a step further. How about speed in the slot? Okay. I think that you might have that. If you could bring back, if you can manage to bring back Chase Claypool, I'd love to see Chase Claypool with an entire offseason and a training camp. Uh, on this team he's young enough he could learn the system and he could be a beast in this offense 
But other than that, a tight end, man. Uh, this team had some speed at tight end. Problem is, man, it's hard to find those guys that could catch the ball that have speed and that can block. Like, that's just, it's, it's difficult. So I would look at that draft pick and see what they're going to do with it. That's what I would look at, okay? Um, hopefully that draft pick is 32nd or, or whatever last it's going to be in the first round. But um, will there be a good tight end at that that spot? Yes. Uh, we shall see. Well, we'll get into that in the offseason, but that's what's missing from this offense. And I used to think that there probably wasn't too much room for a tight end to catch passes in this offense. Um, the more I watch it this year, yes, there's room. There's room for a tight end to catch passes in this offense. And they lack speed at tight end uh, as of right now. So that's something I would look at. Um yeah, somebody points out that Chris Brooks was brought back from IR. I like him. Uh, he's he's a guy that you have stashed for the future. I th- like, can I see that guy having a thousand yards and fifteen touchdowns for this team a year from now, two years from now? Yes, like I can see it. I like him. Uh, I think he's he's that guy. Uh, he's the guy. That's that's who San Francisco made a habit of finding. They find the Jeff Wilsons. They find the Elijah Mitchells. Well, this team is now starting to do some of that by finding a Chris Brooks. So, yeah, I think he's a, he's a mainstay. He's a keeper. He'll be around for a while. All right, next question. Do coaches, Mike McD specifically, save plays for later in the season so they have wrinkles for later in the season that no one has seen? Yes. Or are game plans too fluid so they need to come up with that stuff the week of the game? No. Uh, game plans are not necessarily too fluid. They, they start an install. On Thursday, it's done by Friday. The ideas for the game plan are, are essentially start on Tuesday. So, you know, the install is done on Thursday, Friday. Uh, by Friday, you've already pared down the, pl- the playbook to the plays that you want for Sunday. Um, most big playbooks start off somewhere at around 80 to 90 plays. And then you're going to pare that down to 60, 50, 40 plays. Okay? And the lower, the better. Um, I, I know that there's there's been games where Miami has gone into installs. I mean, gone into games on Sunday with an install that had 40 plays on it. And then on game day, they maybe they use 16 with like three variations of those same 16 plays. And remember that on as far as the run game, we're talking about four or five plays. We're talking about four or five plays and then a bunch of window dressing to make each play look different. So do they save plays? Absolutely. They've, they've actually been starting to use some of the stuff that some some new stuff that we haven't seen all year these last two weeks. Uh, do you think Ramsey travels with C.D. Lamb this week? Does that depend on if X plays or not? X is playing. And does he travel with C.D. Lamb? If X plays, I do not think he'll travel with C.D. Lamb. Um, Cowboys can beat you with Brandon Cooks. Okay? They can beat you with Michael Gallup. All right? Now, those guys haven't had monster years, and C.D. Lamb is a star. But traveling, I don't think it's necessary. And I trust X if he's lined up over CeeDee Lamb. So I don't think he travels if X is healthy this week. If X is not healthy, which I don't think is is a possibility, I think he'll play, uh, then yeah, I could probably see it. But to answer your question, no, I don't think he'll travel. Uh, What is your opinion of Tua once again stating that he does keep receipts? I enjoy seeing that feistiness in him. Oh, I love it. I, I like it to be cursed at some of these pe- some of these people in the media 
after he cashes in some of those receipts. And to be honest with you, he's cashed in so many already that it's it's not even funny. But none of these assholes will admit that they're wrong. So who cares? Uh, do you expect Mostert to have a big week like Moss did against Dallas? Uh, I expect our running backs to get a lot of work against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, you want to get them side to side, okay? You want to get them moving. You want to get them in motion. You want to get you want to get them defending the perimeter, and you want them, you want them defending your backs out in space. So, yeah, he could have a big week. And I'm not talking about 160 yards rushing, but can he have two touchdowns? Absolutely. Can he catch four catches for 65 yards? Absolutely. Can HN do the same thing? Can HN have a huge game catching the ball? Absolutely. All right, next question. Uh, what is your opinion about Claypool and how things are going with his usage? I know there's an offer, uh, but it seems like he hasn't gotten much run. Is it on him? Has it been dictated by game situation? Uh, basically, it's uh, it's all about Chase Claypool. Uh, yeah, they're trying to get to stuff. If you notice, they threw to him earlier in that game against the Jets. So they're trying to get to stuff uh, for him, but, you know, they got a lot of talent. It's they have a lot of mouths to feed. Sometimes you just can't get to everything, but they have a package for him, and they're gonna get to him. What I want to see is those deep shots to him, because he can win fifty-fifty balls. Like if you're gonna run a fade with anybody on this team, that's one of the guys you could run a fade with. So I want to see some deep shots. That's what I want to see. All right, next question: uh, Is it possible Harrison will be up to speed to play center this week and have Liam play? Right guard, uh, not so sure. On Liam, does it look like his calf is doing better? Uh, it's only Wednesday and nobody's seen him, so he's getting treatment today. We shall know more about Liam Eikenberg on Thursday and Friday. Do we start to see McDaniel trust the run more after it paid off last week? Or Well, it actually didn't pay off. Um, they didn't run all too great, all that great against the Jets. Or does he go back to throwing 40 times a game? No, he's, he's proven that he has pretty balanced outlook on offense, so I'm not worried. Um, next question, uh, Zach Martin, Bruce quad. Okay. Yeah. We already talked about that. Uh, and Dominic Sue visited the dolphins today. That, that's interesting in and of its, <laughs> itself. Uh, uh, he didn't make a lot of friends when he was back here. All right. Uh, another question. Alf is Dallas really as bad against motion offenses as was talked about a few weeks ago. Absolutely. They, they suck against motion. And that's mostly because of their dedication to playing man-to-man defense. They like to play man, especially on third down. So you run a lot of motion against a team that plays man, and you're going to really leverage them into some some bad coverages. So absolutely, uh, that's how you exploit them. I would expect a lot of motion this week. Hasn't Liam earned at least a shot at starting at left guard next season? Not so sure. Uh, remember, uh, once the season is over, they scrap everything that happened, and then they're going to review everything. Or is he the starting center with CW not being ready for camp? That is the possibility, that he comes into the season as the starting center, and Connor Williams, as he won't be ready, is just waiting in the wings with a one-year contract that he signs in March. I think that's a possibility. Uh, for those of us accustomed to the usual swoon, oh my God, what are some positives that you see in the upcoming slate to give us some hope? How we match up, etc. Salt and pepper forever, man. Get it done, Greer. Um, what are the positives? They got a top, they got the best offense in football, and they got a top three defense. Those are the positives. You got a you got a, a juggernaut. This team is extremely good. Okay, and they run the ball. 
this team is unlike any of those that have had uh, collapses in the past, including some of the really good teams in the 90s, mid-90s, 80s, any of those teams. So this is one of the best Dolphin teams in its history. Okay? So compare the rankings of this team to the 1984 team that went 14-2 and and had home field advantage throughout the playoffs. This team is absolutely loaded. Okay? They should finish up strong. And yes, I expect them to win the next two weeks. I expect them to beat Dallas. I expect them to beat the Ravens. Yes. All right, last question, and then we're going to call it for a week. Uh, Follow-up to what you're saying now. When was the last time that that a team was this good, uh, or a Dolphin team, that is? I think the 1994 team was pretty damn good. Like That team turned people over. They had a good pass rush. And they had that really good offense. And they kind of had a competent running game. Uh, that's the team that, that lost in San Diego when uh, Alindo Mare pushed uh, a kick. Why, or was it Stojanovic? Or was it Alindo Mare? Whoever. I think it was Alindo Mare. <laughs> pushed the kick wide right uh, to go to the AFC Championship game. So, yeah, it was. this is the best team since then, I think. Um, statistically speaking, it's one of the best teams since the 70s. So, so uh, there is that. This team is really, really good. Okay. All right, guys. I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas. Okay. Christmas is coming up. Uh, a little housekeeping. Since the game is on Sunday, it's on Christmas Eve, and Christmas is on Monday, you will not get the recap show, the three-year YPC recap show, because it'll be Christmas. We're not going to be podcasting on Christmas. But we will return immediately on the 26th with all our programming that's on our feed. That's, of course, our three yards per carry episodes, which are two a week. It's this show, OnlyFans Q&A Live. It's the post-game show, the Hard Knocks post-game show that we also do on OnlyFans, which, of course, you can become a member at. If you just go to discord.gg forward slash OnlyFans and you can become a member for $3 a month. There's also there, there's also other tiers in there, by the way. Okay? So you could check those out as well. Uh, you'll get all these shows next week, including Pulse of Fins Nation. And you might even get an extra yard with Dono and Troy Stratford. So, uh, again, Merry Christmas. We will talk to you again next week thanks for listening to OnlyFans Q&A Live